0: make sure you check out Tragic Nostalgia the debut album from Winnipeg's Jared Adams it will be available to stream everywhere on June 26th and you can visit TragicNostalgia.ca right now for more information Despite All of the Darkness the fifth album from Hawaii hey Despite All of the Darkness the latest album from Y. available now on iTunes Google Play Store Amazon Spotify CDs available at Sunrise Records Blue Blood's debut EP, Make It Rain, was released in the fall of 2019, and is a strikingly original work of Winnipeg music, combining R&B, jazz, and EDM. Winnipeg Free Press gave it four stars and called it a profound statement of intent from an emerging artist whose work will soon be sought after. Make It Rain is available now on all streaming platforms.
1: Remember this name, The Dirty Beat. The dirty-
0: Hey, folks! This episode of the podcast is my conversation with Chris Jakes of Dubditch Picnic Records. You may also recognize his work with uh, his other previous labels and other labels, Sundowning Sound, uh, with Prairie Fire Tapes, and Dubditch is celebrating its 10th anniversary as a label. So it seemed like a good time to talk to Chris. He was on an episode of the show, an early episode of the show in the old format, but this is more of a one-on-one sit-down to talk about the label, what's happened in the past 10 years, how he's persevered some of the great releases he's put out during that time, and just the ins and outs of running a a small tape label that focuses on relatively obscure artists. So we talk about uh, collecting massive amounts of physical music, which is something I can relate to, and just sticking with the Passion Project, despite plenty of bumps along the way. It's a great label, releasing a lot of lesser-known stuff from Winnipeg and beyond, so I strongly suggest you check him out. I've definitely been introduced to some really cool music over the years, thanks to Chris's label, and thanks to some of the artists that... uh, he's worked with and yeah it was a fun conversation i'm really happy i got the chance to sit down with him and and do this because uh you know i talk to him on the internet all the time but uh we hadn't actually had a formal conversation for the podcast in in years so the anniversary made a perfect timing and once again please support your local record labels
2: get up off your ass and get up on the podcast
0: Alright, welcome Excellent. to Witch Police Radio. Once again, doing one of these remote conversations, because that's the new normal, and uh, I almost feel like I'm going to be doing these forever. Uh, it's kind of nice, though, because it gives me a chance to talk to people who, for one reason or another, I haven't been able to get out and see in person, and even some people who are outside the city. So it has its bonuses, for sure, but it is a bit weird still, even after a few months of doing this. But you've been on the show before, but that was like a l- many years ago now, and it was a very different sort of style of podcast.
2: Yeah, it was really different. There was there was a, yeah, a trio number yep. one. Yep, and
0: uh, and there was the theme word. Everyone and had. had sort of a... You were choosing yeah. songs, right, based on the theme word. Yeah. So this, things yeah. have obviously changed yeah. a lot in terms of how this works. This is now just an interview show, which I think uh, is a better format for what it, what I do here. Um, but I mean, I think the best way to get this started is if you want to just introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, because uh, I don't. Many listeners to this have heard that episode from before. They might recognize you or know you from just, you know, involvement in the local music scene over the years. But if you want to just kind of give yourself a quick intro, that would be awesome.
2: Sure. My name is Chris Jakes, and uh, I run the uh, uh, micro label of, for lack of a better word, term, uh, Dubditch Picnic here in uh, in Winnipeg, and I've been doing that for uh, well, exactly now, 10 years. This is our 10th anniversary this month.
0: That's pretty cool. Uh, did you like, When you started that, did you expect it would last this long at all, or was it sort of just a temporary thing? Um, no, you know, it was sort of like
2: what, what kind of hobby am I going to have? Well, I can't skate, so I'm not going to play <laughs> hockey. Uh, and uh, I think around that point in time, I wasn't running anymore, so that hobby was kind of put to the wayside because I was finishing up my masters. And uh, I'm like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to drink it all away, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so let's uh, let's find a, a you know a, a unu- unique way to lose money, and that uh, that was uh, to run a label. Uh, I was already running about six months. Before, uh, had Prairie Fire tapes right. as well, which was a, a drone experimental and noise label that I was, uh, running with a friend. And, uh, there were other genres, sounds, whatever that I wanted to explore and, and, and bands that I wanted to work with that didn't, they didn't fit on a noise label. So I thought I'm going to do this one on the side and it's, you know, I'm completely free to, Put out a hip hop tape and put out, you know, a a drone tape or you know some crazy punk rock thing or whatever. Just because that's that's what my record collection looks like, and the roster, the people that I work with, mirror that. So, um, so uh, did I have a plan? I thought, as you know, as I was going along, I thought you know ten years would be a good time to to cut it or a hundred you know, you get to a hundred uh, releases Yep. and uh, well now I'm at 10 years and it, it just, just released this, this one that's coming out uh, is number 88. So oh, cool. I, I got another 12. So if <laughs> I wanted to call it a
1: day,
2: you know, I could do another 12 releases and and, and that's it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, i certainly, I've had to slow down. Yeah. Uh, just for you know there they're the, for a variety of reasons but um you know because there was a point when i was doing just tapes where i was just cranking out you know so in in one release cycle yeah i might do five or six titles uh of course you know they might only be like editions of 30 and stuff now i've upped it doing cds and releasing you know 300 500 yes yeah the uh, in on one label i think the dub rifle cd i think
0: we pressed a Oh, cool okay it's very ambitious of us but or me <laughs> but that, that that was on sundowning right which was like it does that still exist is that still a sister label to dub ditch it it's
2: there um it was really meant to be winnipeg only okay and uh you know, I can revive it. I, well, last, two years ago, I think it was two years ago, I did another label uh, retrospective, and that was uh, the Prospective label right. out of Minneapolis. And I think that was, I, I put the Dubditch logo and the Sundowning logo just because it was, it just fit. It, it, you know, uh, having that on there worked. Sure. Um but uh yeah, so I mean if I if I came across a band that really was Winnipeg, said like this is a Winnipeg band and couldn't exist anywhere else, um, I might do it on Sundowning.
0: Okay. Is that sort of the idea yeah. with all of your labels though, to find you know, find a home basically for stuff that otherwise isn't going to get released or isn't gonna be heard outside of whatever small community?
2: Um, sometimes, uh, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, artists that I work with, I mean, someone would release their stuff. Sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and even when I do start working with some, I, I feel a little guilty because I just can't put the time and the energy into into getting them to that next level. Cause they're almost there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, what I can do is, you know, I'll, I'll put the money down and, and the time to get you a physical product. Um, and, and
0: right now that's about as far as, that's about as much as I can do. Sure. Well, but, I- uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I, assume, I assume this is a money-losing venture, right, for the most part? I mean, it seems more like a passion project than anything else. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a total hobby thing. Um, you know, uh,
2: have I broken even? Yeah, for sure. Have good. I taken a little bath? Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a couple times where it's been like, all right, like, you hype it, you hype it, you hype it. You hype it and the release date comes... And no one buys a single (laughs) copy. And it's like, it's good that I like this because I now own 500 of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: but you know, I mean, there's been, there's been releases which have been gifts for friends. It's like, I'm going to put this out and, you know, then you have a physical copy. Yeah. Um, because I've worked with people that never thought of, doing anything outside of their basement or their bedroom or anything like that um and it's just sort of it's it's fine to create a a digital copy
1: yeah
2: and put it on the web you know have it on bandcamp and whatever else but there's just some things that need to be a, a physical copy of it needs to exist
0: oh for sure i agree with you 100 on that yeah yeah
2: and that's where I come in, because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a snob where everything that I own has to be on vinyl. Um, it doesn't, uh, you know, I'm fine buying digital copies. Yeah. Um, my life is, is, is like that now, or, or it was, where it was like, you spend a lot of time in the car, and I don't want to be carrying, you know, 50 CDs around it's great if I can have it on my phone and stream it. Sure. So.
0: No, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense for sure, yeah. So as far as tapes go, though, I mean, you know, you've been doing this for, like you said, a decade now, and I feel like there's some genres of music where tapes have always kind of been the thing, and then now it seems like there's this weird kind of renaissance of tapes. I see tape labels starting up, like, almost every week now, and it's, like, how was it getting into a tape label at the beginning when tapes were kind of these... I mean, I, I still listen to them, a lot of people still listen to them, but they, they kind of were out of uh, popularity, I guess, at that point, right? Like, in terms of people, most people's record collections.
2: Oh, for sure. Um, you know, it was super niche. I mean, it's a niche now. It's still niche, because it, yeah. really, um, it was really, uh, you know, who was, who was making tapes? You know, maybe some of the hip-hop guys, yeah. right? Um, Black metal guys.
0: Well, they never stopped, right? It's always been the, the format, yeah
2: but only like not not every you know on that family tree uh not everyone was releasing tapes it was only like a couple different uh you know of the underground genres sure uh all the noise guys right because i mean if noise artists or anything they they understand the reality of of what they're doing yeah yeah uh you mean you're going to be playing to five people and uh you know if you make an addition of five tapes uh you might break even <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um i i mean the, the, you got to be realistic sometimes but i was lucky enough through trading records and doing mail order that i had um some really good connections and was able to uh you know press you know if i did 35 or 50 or something, you know, trade some out. Uh sell a few yeah. to mail orders in the states or into into Europe. Nothing big, but it was enough to get some stuff out and uh and then got some, you know, get some stuff played on WFMU and yeah, cool, you know, just cool. sort of slowly build slowly build uh, you know, a reputation of putting out um Interesting music and good quality because I, I taught myself how to make a good master tape. Okay. And then, uh, picked up, uh, some professional, uh, grade duplicators. The first I had the chain of cassette decks, so I had like 15 tape decks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and you do it real time, which was a struggle. Um, that was a real struggle for I,
0: sure. I bet if it's an addition of five, it's not too bad. But if you're doing a couple hundred of them, that's going to be yeah, time-consuming for sure. Once it
2: once it got up to past fifty, then it was like, okay, I gotta I gotta do, I gotta do this smarter. Yeah. And um, so then it was like, okay, well maybe I can get a telex or or some kind of duplicating machine, and and uh, you know tried to find one in in, uh, in Winnipeg. But everything was mono; there was never sure. any stereo ones. So then I started thinking, well, where can I, where can I find one of these things? Right. Who who uses them? Who used them? How about that? Who used <laughs> them and now has it in a back room yeah. and wants to get rid of that cheap? Because these things, you know, to, to to buy a new one or something, you know, you're looking at a couple thousand dollars right. easy. Um, so I said churches, right? Evangelical churches. So I started scouring the internet and uh and found a couple one was in like michigan and someone there was another one in the in the midwest and uh got a couple masters a couple slaves so i could do 10 or 12 uh tapes in a run and uh in a pass and uh boom that uh that made everything really easy and did that for a good number of years Looking at you know the amount of time that I was putting into doing all this stuff, and they said, you know what, if I'm going to put a dollar amount on my time, it's better for me for the amount of tapes that I was doing at that point to just have someone do it off-site. Okay, I'll pay for the service, and then told him I think Crabskull has has my duplicators now. Cool. Well,
0: and he's got and his, he's his own tape label going too. Yeah,
2: he's got his own tape label. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's very cool. It, I always wondered, um, cause I, I've always wanted to start a tape label. I have not, I don't have the time or the money or the uh, motivation to do it, but it definitely is something that has appealed to me because, yeah, there's so much cool stuff that, that either isn't getting released or, or isn't getting heard that, you know, it's nice to have a physical copy. Like some of the stuff on your label too. I mean, there's artists that I don't know if I'd ever hear anywhere else other than just having the tape, right? Or, or, so it's, it's, it's a cool thing to have. And, uh, yeah. As someone who's always listened to tapes, I, I'm happy to see, I mean, again, you've always been doing it, but there's tapes are coming back, and it seems like a bigger way. I don't know if it'd be the same as vinyl, but I doubt it. But how do you feel about this whole this whole tape renaissance? Like, is it a good thing for for what you're doing?
2: I like it because it's a, it, you know, again, if you have two tape decks, you can you can manufacture as many tapes as you want at, as a label, as an artist, whatever. Yeah, you're not reliant. You know, the the internet made everyone a little less reliant on 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 the industry machine or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
2: then and then being able, you know, uh, MP3s and then places like Bandcamp or whatever else where you can you can take control of your distribution, how it's going to look and is going to be digital. Are you going to do vinyl? Are you going to do CDs? Are you going to do tapes? Whatever. Eight tracks,
0: yeah. You I know, can't imagine whatever much you want to those, do, but, uh, I do see eight tracks every once in a while. If someone puts out an eight track, and it's kind of bizarre.
2: I, I think it's, I think it's fun. You know that that people will explore the. Uh, <laughs> let's say they're going to explore the limitations of all <laughs> the different media.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Well, and I guess tapes have limitations as well, too, but they they also have their benefits, and they're, they're portable and cheap to manufacture, easy to do, DIY.
2: Well, and, and the thing is, they're easy to carry around. Yep. Uh, if you're playing a bunch of shows, uh, you know, you can you can sell out a tape for, you know, as, as cheap as five bucks. Yeah. You know, if you can really, you know get your production down and you don't want a big margin. Five bucks on a tape is easy. But I mean you can easily sell it for seven or eight and get a couple bucks in your pocket. And you know, someone at the at a at a club, well that's a drink. Sure. Now yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So as opposed to having to spend thirty dollars for an L P that you gotta carry around all night. Yep. You can take a tape, put it in your pocket, you're done.
0: That's true. Yeah, you're not uh, carrying. You're not all sweaty in a bar carrying this, th- th- thing that could break if you dropped it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and and most tapes, you know, someone, you know, like I, I would put uh, a download code in there too. Yeah. So, you know, if if you don't necessarily want to be listening to the tape at at that fidelity, you can you know, get yourself a a WAV file or you know whatever else. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I've had people on this show who have released tapes, like musicians have released tapes, and they don't even have a tape deck. They just do it because people either want it because they listen to tapes, or they want it as kind of like a... You want to take something home from a show, right? And it's, it's like, like yep. you said, it's cheap. It's easy to make, so... Yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm happy that more people are getting into it. I don't know if it'll ever take off the way vinyl has kind of the resurgence, but it's still nice to see.
2: I don't think so. Um, you just... It, you have to be prepared for a certain kind of sound yeah and and honestly i think tapes just lend themselves to a handful of genres and uh and 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 that's what's going to keep it niche yeah um and i'm okay with that
0: yeah it's it's good yeah yeah it means that the prices stay low too right because vinyl has gone the prices for a new record you know by a relatively well-known artist is ridiculous at this point compared to how it was even 10 years ago.
2: Well, you know, early 90s or 1990, 91, yeah. I was working uh, in the cellar. Now, First Musiplex and then I was working in the cellar and okay. we were selling records
0: for like fifteen ninety nine. 99
2: Yeah. If that.
0: And now it'll be 35 99 or so, something.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, your cost is is more than what we were selling them for yeah because nobody wanted nobody wanted a record yeah like punk rock guys garage rock people um again heavy metal like black metal folks thrash thrash records you know you always have your the ones that would always do well and and then you know european imports stuff like that yeah yeah but nobody wanted, and, and CDs were $25. Bucks a
0: yeah, they were. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and now, now nobody wants CDs know, anymore either.
2: You can used CD for $0.25. Cents. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, I, I mean, one of my other hobbies now is just buying used CDs and, and uh, you know, people. Again, it's like when people were getting rid of their records, they would just throw them in the garbage. Yeah. And and people do that with CDs. They so they've just completely been devalued. So it's like, well, I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll give you some cash for that, and then if I sell them for three or four bucks a piece, that's you, you know someone's they got themselves something that that you know they sold off ten years ago and really wanted to listen to again, and it's not on Spotify or yeah. not streaming anywhere. Um, so you know they spend their four bucks. And, uh, you know, I can put, you know, that four bucks in a, in a, in a fund and uh, occasionally splurge on uh, on a record that's far too, in my, in, you know, in my opinion, far too expensive and I would have never bought it with my own real money. Right, right. But doing it this way, I'm okay with it or take that money and put a release together. That's a good way so, of doing it, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it took me 10 years to sort of figure out that business model, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that'll keep me afloat for another 10 years. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: stuff do you have in your house you but you must have like a just a ridiculous amount of music in there just because i mean i know you had a a yard sale like a few years ago and you had boxes and boxes and crates and crates and stuff and just based on your releases and and your own collection it's got to be nuts right yeah
2: well that's i don't know if you can
0: yeah i can can see a bit of the room yeah it's a lot a lot of a lot of
2: that's my collection and yeah i mean this whole room is just filled i got uh Let's see if I can. I got those um, collapsible, you can see in the back, yep. there those black collapsible crates. So all of those are filled with cassettes and, and CDs. I have a lot. Um, But, and, you know, I'm the worst collector. Absolutely the worst. I I will hunt something and hunt something and yeah. hunt something, and I'll, get it and I'll play it, and then I'm done with it. And then you just put um, it on a
0: shelf, or what? Or do you try to sell it again? No, then
2: I probably sell it. I'll pro- you know, probably trade it or sell it. I love trading. Oh, I absolutely love trading. No one trades
0: anymore, though. Yeah, no, it's true. It's so true. Hard. Well, because no one has... A lot of people just don't have physical media anymore at all, but it's... Uh, it's... it's you know, but, you know,
2: even even when it's like trading for, for a service or something else, it's like, you know, you do something that... Um, well, I mean, we, we did that too, Yeah, we right? did. Yeah. Yeah. Give you some product and you know, you say dubbed it a couple times. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, you, know, you make your listeners aware of, of my existence and, and that's, that's a, you know, that's the barter system. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, re- I, I really miss trading. Uh, but so now, you know, I'll, I'll pick something up and, and, you know, I'll keep it for a while, but I just, I guess in my advanced age now, uh, <laughs> because, you know, another, another turn around the sun or whatever it is, uh, you know, I'll be at, uh, the half century mark. Right. So, right. You know, it's, you know, you just start to reevaluate, like, do I need, first pressings first canadian pressings of all the iron Maiden, or the first five Iron. Ma- yes yes i do um but there will be a point where i will probably peel those off and sell them regret it right and go get them again and i've done that a number of times so
0: i've done that as well with stuff that i, I thought i wouldn't need anymore and then i've bought like five years later or something yeah? Is there anything yeah, yeah. is there anything in your collection that's like unsellable? Have you do you have certain stuff there that just no matter what you're keeping that like till the grave basically?
2: Um there's a few things. There's uh like I've we just moved a year ago into a new house, so that gave me a lot of time to really pull all the records and look at what I had. Yeah. Um Montreal Band, uh, Deja Voodoo. I don't think I'll ever sell those records. I don't listen to them as much as I used to. I just don't think I'll ever let them go. Um, Stooges House, Yeah. In like a, an original press. It, you know, it's just, it, it means a lot to me. Um, I have a few, I used to have thousands of seven inches and now I maybe have 75, but those 75 I don't think are going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah because they're, they're all just like, you know, it's, it's either sense, memory, time and place. Um, it's just, you know, if I opened the box for somebody, they would get a sense of who I was in terms of my musical taste from those 75
1: records. Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, th- there are a few, but, uh, you know, this or last summer I really went, Pretty wild, uh, rebuilding my my uh, new wave of British heavy metal and thrash okay. Okay. LPs from when I was thirteen, um, and uh, uh, collecting just it's it's fun. It is, but with the with the inter- introduction of the internet, the the hunt, the, I mean. I really have to be looking these days for the most obscure of the obscure yeah and I you know i have even gotten my hands on some of those records and I wish there was I, I you know I could have that elation and celebration but it's just sort of like yeah okay now what so there was some of those moments where I said I think I should probably really curtail my um, my collecting. And that, you know, actually, that was probably one of the things that started me looking at, I, I want to be involved with music. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just consume. And I'm not... I'm not very talented, and I'm certainly not that motivated to really do well as a musician. Yep. But I think I could probably pull it off running a record label. So. I'm going to give that a shot, and you know, it's you know, like anything, it uh, it it's had its ups and downs, its frustrations, but it's been super fun too, and I met some really cool people.
0: Oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Just from people who are the people who are your customers are, I'm sure, are pretty interesting based on the type of stuff you release, too, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, <laughs> even you know, just uh, going into, I, I remember. And this was early, early days going into Slices Pizza on Stafford. Yep. And, uh, and someone who I did not know, like, this was a complete stranger. He's just like,
1: Hey, you're the tape guy.
2: I'm just like, Yeah, yeah I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, people sort of like, I don't know if excited is the right word, but certainly, being really cool about it. Yeah. And uh and having, you know, people come up to me at shows or if I have a, a merch table and just be really into the fact that that I'm doing what I'm doing and and, and now, you know, there's I, I don't even know how many other little tape labels there are anymore. But uh
0: They keep popping up which is great.
2: Yeah. And and it's and it's cool. Like you know, these days, uh, you know, when I'm selling records, um, I set up at uh, Barnhammer, and they used to set up uh, at a couple other places with mass deadening and uh, electric heat records. Yeah. And uh, and that's always fun too. You know, uh, Eatem Up used to be a part of it as well. So it was like all the different sections of the winnipeg underground scene totally get together one one sunday a month and and sell records and stuff and and i thought that was you know i mean obviously now things are on hold because you can't go out anywhere and do, do anything but uh you know once once that sort of gets rectified it'll be fun to get back into that
0: again for sure yeah well it's it's interesting because all those reasons you mentioned for why you enjoy doing the tape thing are the same with me in the podcast like i've been doing this for uh, about eight years now and same thing i'm not good enough at music to play it i have it's bad (laughs) but i still want to be involved and then i I can do this i can i can talk i can interview people so i just this is my sort of way to to do this and through doing this i've met all kinds of cool people too whether it's in the local music scene or in the podcasting scene which is also growing like crazy It's, it's pretty cool yeah. What what is um as far as the label goes, what's kind of the release uh, schedule at this point? Like how often are you are you putting out new albums or new tapes or EPs or whatever you're doing? Um there I have a couple things that are
2: sitting on the on the back burner. Um and you really it's like one or two things if I was really ambitious, I could probably roll out about another 10. Okay. okay. But it, you know, I think at this point it, it just comes down to, to cash. Sure. Um, up until like this summer, I was running in a deficit of like, you know, getting up there about close to $10,000, wow. you know, tried to try to open up a bit of a distro and a, a record store and, was I, you know, like, I know how to buy records. I'm not a very good businessman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's a different skill and, set, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, you know, just knowing how to do it. Winnipeg is where you start slow and you build up.
1: Yeah. I yeah, think. for sure. Yeah, I and think so too. I, did it.
2: I think I did, got into it with too much stock too fast and uh and the stuff that i want to carry and sell it sits a little longer like if i bring something in from japan there's an 85 percent chance that it's going to be sold to someone back in japan okay okay <laughs> that's what i found um so does the... i you know i i just don't want to i i can't compete with with uh we you know with some of the shops that exist with you know indie rock records and stuff like that yeah so i go a little like not even a little more obscure a lot more obscure and it just means that i'm going to be sitting on stuff for longer and uh and but and, and you got to keep having new stock as well sure and, you know, if someone comes to your place and, you know, first time they go through and it's like, okay. And the second time they start seeing the same stuff over and over and over again, they're not going to come back.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Always so got to have new stuff. So, yeah. So I finally dug myself out of that hole. Uh, you know, one with, with the label, you know, you, you press, you do a pressing that's, you know, thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. You sell some. Yeah. Uh, And it's a slow go. Um, And I mean, really, really, you know, it's like 300 copies of this and 500 copies of that. But you think 300, that shouldn't be that hard of a thing to, I I always thought 300 shouldn't be that hard to sell. It's pretty hard.
1: Yeah, no, I, I believe it. I believe it for sure.
0: yourself uh, being more selective now about what you're releasing just because you're not putting out as much as you may have done a few years ago
2: yeah yeah um yeah and, and it's for a variety of reasons but um i just can't well number one i'm not working exclusively in tapes anymore right and not doing you know, if I'm, if I'm going to do a tape, it's going to be at least a run of a hundred, usually a run of a hundred because to do anything less than that, it's just, it's cost prohibitive because I'm, I'm sending it out to get done. Sure. Um, so, uh, it, it, it does, it, it leads me to be a lot more selective and, and, you know, if, you know if i'm talking with somebody about a release and i'm just not feeling it i will help them source someone to to help them out cool i've you know pointed people in another direction to someone that would be way more excited cuz i mean that's the thing if i'm not going to get excited about it i just why should i why should i do it for somebody I, if i can't if i can't be excited about your project yeah then i'm not honoring you and and all the time and the effort that it took to to put it together so I shouldn't be I shouldn't be involved at all
0: that makes sense as far sense. as I'm concerned no totally it makes sense yeah so are people mostly seeking you out or is it vice versa like are you actively approaching artists or are you at the point now where they're kind of people you know or you've already worked with or you want to work with are sending you uh, messages content whatever
2: um i think at this point it's 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 fifty okay. fifty. Usually it'll be me reaching out, uh, but then if you you kind of look at the releases that I've done, um, like the the couple that I've done uh, uh, for labels of people that I've um, uh, I've known for a really long time, or uh, you know bought. Records from 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 that label, yeah, over the years and stuff like that. Um, with Dub Ditch, I've done one, two, three, four, five CDs and a tape uh, from a band called German Army, right? And and side projects, um, and then I uh, you know, there was. I guess it was last year, last last fall. Did the electric cows CD?
0: Yeah, that was a and cool one. That's was, a cool concept. Yeah,
2: just yeah, a weird band that wanted.
0: Uh, no well, I mean, some people remembered obviously, but uh, I, I'd certainly never heard of it until until I heard about your release there.
2: And that was just like tapes that had been being traded around, uh, as far as I can remember. You know, I, I got one of my hands in the early nineties and always liked it. And, yeah. and then, you know, it just seemed the time was right to, to do something. So that, that worked out really well. It was pretty, and I was really excited about it. Still, still, am really excited yeah, yeah.
1: about
2: it because, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a cool little, little story for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and then the songs are super funny and, and, uh, it, you know, if if there was a, a release that fit Dubditch Picnic, it would be that one, okay. for sure. But, uh, so yeah, so every now and again, uh, you know, the folks in, in German Army will send me an email, hey, you want to do another she? And the answer is typically yeah, of course, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I like being part of that, and and uh you know there there's a few local folks that um that I've been working with um, so you know I'm, I'm trying to sort of narrow it in. I'd like to have you know two or three you know if I could uh, to have two or three artists and just really focus on them for okay. a while um so you know obviously, you know the band that I've talked about before. Uh, and then you know there's uh, I did a single and then a couple uh, digital releases for uh, Jason uh, Furlow who is uh, half of uh, New Kingdom yeah that single is is cool a really crazy uh, sort of psyched out trip hop Situation from the early '90s. Cool, cool. And, uh, and that you—that's that, kind of the, the coolest thing about running this label—is like I was sitting in my office at work, and uh, New Kingdom. You know, it's—it's it's one of those things that you know I'll break out on a regular basis and play. And, and I went, oh, "I wonder what these guys are doing." So I tracked down one of them and said, hey, you know, I run this little label. I can't promise much. If you got some tracks, if they need a home, let me know. And by the end of the day, 3.30 or 4 o'clock, my phone was ringing and we were talking and had something ready to go. And, you know, and, and yeah, it was like super fun. And when you sort of get to work with someone in a really chill way that you've been, that's been sort of part of your, for lack of a better word, you know, part of your life for 20, 25 years. And,
0: you know, that's pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So of the, of the 88, I think you said it was 88, right? Releases you have so far. Uh, how many of those yep. are still out there in print? I mean, I know you can get them all online, right? But are there, other st- a lot of them just gone now from, from circulation?
2: I'd say about twenty percent are out of print. Okay. Uh, and probably another forty. I have two copies of right. or something like that. Um. So you know, mostly, you know, slowly but surely, they've uh, they've made their way out of my house. And uh, you know. I, more and more I, you know I, I i've been a little more aggressive at trading yeah. trading stuff out and and uh and stuff like that so but uh you know i i really wanted to keep things accessible and and you know have digital copies and there was a point well i think i think for through the summer i'm going to keep cuz i had it you could get all of the Dubditch titles and you could get all of the Prairie Fire titles, maybe one or two that don't exist anymore. cool. Uh, you know, I lost the files or whatever else it was, but it was like still like a hundred and fifty, a hundred and eighty releases. yeah, and uh I think I was able to whittle it down to about ten bucks. That's pretty so, cool, you know man. if someone really if someone really wanted to you know get hours and hours of music, it's just like here, you know drop ten bucks and uh, go to town, cool, so I think I might keep that
0: through June, July, and August and sort of celebrate ten years that way, cool. What's the best way for people to find this stuff? Because, I mean, I know, obviously, right now, the quarantine is happening. No one's doing, there's no shows. You can't go to anywhere, like you are saying, a Barnhammer and stuff. So, is Bandcamp the best way for people to find your, your yeah. releases? Yeah, Bandcamp is,
2: is pretty much the, the way.
0: Okay. And they can order physical through there as well? Yeah, yeah.
2: Or, you know, and sometimes, you know, people don't want to do it that way. So, I mean, just email and. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're in town, it's, you know, pretty easy to drive. Like, I might, you know, on on a day where I'm going to go do groceries, I'll swing by and drop something in the mailbox. and
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and then I saw I, you had uh, Discogs pages as well, right? Are you selling it through there as well? Through where? Discogs.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have uh, I have a uh, where I sell, like my personal collection and right. and stuff that I have in the distro and then all the all the tapes as well. Yeah,
0: is that Discogs. a has that been successful selling them through there? I mean, I, I look at that all the time. That site, but I've never actually bought anything uh, from anything anyone on Discogs.
2: I like it. Uh, I like it a lot better than I than I ever did uh, with eBay okay okay you know Evie it was you know this this is like um essentially it's a virtual store uh, i'll i'll decide what i'm gonna sell this record for because um, you know there's some where i buy from the distro so i just do the the nominal markup whatever yeah and then the nominal markup on the label stuff but then you know i have i you know i have or i have had some highly collectible records and and the price that I put on there is well this is probably the last time I'm ever going to see this thing what what number is going to make me let it go yeah fair enough yeah and and, or at least you know have that as the start place because you're always going to have grinders right you know you, you ask for 25 bucks they want it for 20 sure okay so next time i'll put it on for 30 this is this is what i've learned about how to sell stuff on kajiji yeah 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 you want 25 you price it at 30
0: so they go down to 25 and yeah yeah for sure
2: and no matter what it is you know oven mitts you know, records <laughs> or you know uh, rubbermaid bins rubbermaid bins i had a whole bunch of them and I wanted 25 bucks, and people are like, oh, I'll give you 17. So I took it off, and then I put it back up for 35. Yeah. And then someone said, Well, will you take 30? <laughs> so I ended up making $5 more, that's awesome. more on that deal. And it's like, Well, okay, I guess that's how you that's how you deal with grinders on Kijiji. But, well, uh,
0: I think everyone's a grinder, though. Everyone who buys anything online, if they can haggle, they're going to haggle.
2: Oh God, I do it all the time. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I mean, if I can get, if I can get you know a five dollar item for a dollar, who yeah, of who course. wouldn't? Try? Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: But I think it's you know it, you just got to be gentle about it sometimes. So what's the uh, what's the Bandcamp address? Uh, I, I, it's just like
0: uh, Band is it Bandcamp dot Picnic? Sounds right. I'll I'll, See, I'll I'll look it up and I'll put it in the uh, the show notes for the episodes. People can actually just click on it
2: and you know honestly like we've been around and, and long enough that if you just did a google search on dubditch picnic like the bank amp comes
0: up right away yeah i'm sure there's not much else it's that's like going to show first. up on. yeah yeah but uh,
2: yeah i mean it's uh it's been the bank has been really successful for us and and you know if nothing else just to have people listening yeah uh you know when i go and check and see that You know, over a weekend, you know, a release has had, you know, 250 unique listeners come in and and check it out. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, That you know that they can even bother because, you know, with the internet, there's just so much, so much noise to break through. So to to have even, you know, that number of people. Care enough to yeah. to want to wanna spend five minutes
0: checking out your stuff. Uh, you know, it's 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 humbling. Yeah, but it's cool yeah. that they can do it. They can just with one click, they can check out anything in your catalog. And you know, maybe it's going yeah. to hit them the right way, and they're going to want to you know seek out that artist or seek out more of your releases, and then and then that's a success. Even if it makes you five bucks, it's still a success because you've got the music out to that person. Yep.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, and I've found that uh, there have been people that, uh, that have been, that have stuck with the label from, from early days, you know, maybe not 10 years. I mean, in in the city, of course, 10 years for sure, but, um, you know, folks in Australia, folks in Japan, all over Europe in the States, and, and they just keep coming back and, and support, support, support and, and, and that I, I think for, you know, you ask like, am I going to keep doing it? Or, you know, did I think I'd be doing this for 10 years or 20 years yeah. or whatever? I think every time I get to that point where I'm just like, oh, you know what? I could totally just take all this money and put it in my kid's college funds. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, do something a lot more productive, uh, uh, but then, you know, someone sends an email saying, you know, these records are so awesome. Thanks for doing this. Or, or, you know, someone goes and buys like 10 tapes. And yeah. Just like, wow, that's, that's really cool. It is. So, and it just sort of, you know, keeps you a little more buoyant for a little, little bit longer. Put on another couple more releases and, and it's fun. I think, and I think that's, you know, as long as it stays fun. I'll keep doing it. Cool. You know, not doing 50 releases a year, maybe sometimes it might be, you know, 2 5 yeah, yeah. whatever, but you know, keep it going, keep things about.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you've still been doing it for 10 years and I hope you do it for like at least 10 more because there's a lot of cool stuff that you're that I mean that I've been introduced to through the label and local or otherwise. So, yeah, it's I mean, as a listener, I appreciate what you're doing for sure.
2: Well, thank you. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's, it's a fun thing to do and it just keeps me involved and, and connected. Uh, cause it's, you know, especially now, it's really easy just to be so isolated sure. and, uh, and, you know, this just sort of keeps me, whether it's you know connected with people on the other side of the planet or or you know from from me here in charleswood and someone out in transcona yeah you know it's in in times like this it might as well be a
0: million miles away well because no one's leaving their house anyway yeah exactly Cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Again, I'm glad you're still doing. It. I'm glad we could actually have this conversation. Like I said before, last time you were on the show, it was basically a radically different show. And I don't even know if we talked about the label all that much because we were doing that song selection thing. So it's uh, nice to actually have a <laughs> you know a real one-on-one conversation about what you're doing. Because uh, again, yeah, I like the label. I'm glad you're glad you're you've been doing it for ten years, and here's to ten more.
2: All right. Thank you very much. Right on.
1: Two years ago, a friend it back. MC, but, so I said, I'm about to say, I'm wrong. Yeah, I
2: this way. Just like an we so And everybody so that's There's some drop with never back. The with the And then got a on the microphone, and they the She's the last get me off. more here, that's the The take that move back, that's a heart attack. because you're in the world, like new all day. On the the I'm gonna up. Fire I'm gonna do. run, I'm
1: gonna run, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run, I am i am going to run i i got a big, long, dang, I'm I feel, we're right inside, we're together, so we can see me with the people drop, we're Rain inside, side. the show, right!
2: First come, first start basis. Foolin' out girls like that completely deaf places. One of the kind, for your people to love. For your sucker MC. This ain't right, because you're buying no money a lot. She know you want. Walk around town like a woman or not. Hang on a line. She'll the through. And everyone know what you've been through. Said I want you three, 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 two, one. One, two, 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 three, three, two, one.